listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 35. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Hey there, Angela here from Angela Henderson Consulting and welcome back to another episode of Business and Life Conversations podcast. And as always, thank you so much for being here today. I am thrilled for today's episode because today I have Dean Salakis joining us from the Party People Shop, who is going to share with us his feature story of how 30 years ago his mother had a dream and that dream turned into a business. And 30 years later, this amazing business is now owned by her two sons, Dean and Peter. This business went from catering for kids' parties to the market leader for party supplies online here in Australia, but equally with two bricks and mortar stores. This amazing business was not only Australia's first online party store, first to offer click and collect, first Australian AdWords customer, and has also appeared on Chart Tank where they were where they were offered four hundred thousand dollars, but turned it down. So I'm super intrigued to also hear about that story. This business story is rich with history, rich with love, and will show you how a simple idea can turn into a market leader online party supply store here in Australia. But before we get into this amazing feature story, I just want to take a moment and let you know that this episode is sponsored by Profit Pillars, which is my ready-to-implement eight-week program designed for women in business to give your business the bulletproof advantage it needs to protect itself from overwhelm, frustration, and heartbreaking failure. With a step-by-step approach and built-in accountability and implementation, this is the only business growth program that shows you how to put passion and purpose together and generate profits for your business. All you need to do is go to AngelaHenderson.com.au and search for Profit Pillars to join the waitlist as our next enrollment is starting soon. Let's not wait any longer and get started into this beautiful and rich conversation with Dean. Welcome to the show, Dean, and thanks so much for being here today. G'day, Angela. Thanks for having me. Gosh, I'm super, super excited because when I was doing some research, I love that your mom started this years ago. Um, I just think that this is going to be really one of those conversations that listeners out there can see how a wonderful business went with an idea your mom had and has transformed over the many years. But as I do with every guest, though, I always like the listeners to get to know you a little bit more. Um, So can you start by telling us just not going into the whole history? We'll do that in a minute, but just a little bit about, you know, your business. How long have you been in business for? And what is your favorite party season? Because as we were just talking prior to the recording going live is Halloween. At the time of the recording of this, Halloween is doing here and we've got Christmas. And being from Canada, I'm all about Halloween. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that Australia now gets into it. So I need to also know what your favorite party season is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely it's Halloween, but we'll get into that, I guess, as we go. Halloween's good. All the different stuff happens this year. I think people drop a lot of the political correctness with a lot of different things, and it's it's good fun. You know, we've got zombie events and, you know, all that sort of fun going on, so it's great. I love it. So, no. yeah, I guess into my story, I guess – oh, sorry. Yep, you were going to say no, 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 absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the business, when did it start and things like that, and then we'll go, go from there. Yeah, so I won't give you the whole war and peace on the business, but I guess the the shorter version is, yeah, my mum my mum was actually a clown over thirty years ago, and she she'd go out to kids you know people's houses and cater for kids parties, and um, you know the business uh, kind of evolved then into a party store, which then um, about 
10 years ago, my brother and I decided to take over because they want my my mum and my grandfather who ran the business at the time wanted to retire. And we took over and we really focused on the digital and that, that's why the business really grew. So today, we, like you said, we're the market leader online for party supplies. Um, we've got two bricks and mortar stores, which um, also, uh, you know, I, I guess market leading type offers to the market. We, we, we were actually one independent retailer of the year last year um, for those stores. And, um, but that's by the Australian Retail Association. And this year, we're also um, up for those awards again as a finalist. So hopefully we get it two years in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got a great business and it's good fun. We sell balloons, decorations, costumes, uh, novelties, confectionery, anything you could possibly want for a party. We, 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 you know, we, we see ourselves as helping people create the parties of their dreams. So, um, you know, if, 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 if it exists, we want to have it. And um, our stores are, are large format stores. So we have a 1,700 square meter flagship store, which is, as you know, most people would know, is, is, is bigger than some supermarkets. Yeah, and as a party store, that um, that store has heaps of different things. From um, you know, we cater for birthdays, and you know, from kids to adults, from everything from you know, first birthdays to a hundred, and then you know, you've got uh, seasonal events from Halloween, Oktoberfest, St Patrick's Day, Easter. There's about thirty of them actually that we we have on our calendar, and we manage our business too. Um, you know, sporting events again littered in there as part of what we do. Um, decorating. So there's just a, a, a lot of different aspects of our business. We just, you know, anything that, that's a celebration, we, we get involved with and, and help people make it something memorable. No, fantastic. So tell us a little bit about 30 years ago when your mom decided to be a clown at the kids' birthday parties. And how did she, 30 years ago, what I also love is that this is a woman in business, you know. Um, we know that women in business you know, struggle to stay afloat for many times. We also know that men dominate this space a lot of times. And I always love seeing and hearing those stories about women in business who have taken an idea and turned it, it into something legendary. So tell us a little bit about where, how did your mom come up with this idea? When did it start? So it started off with being a clown. And then how did she, how did it start to evolve? Yeah, so she actually, the funny part about that was, I mean, calling it funny as a clown is probably good, <laughs> one, but um, she uh, actually got asked to help out uh, someone who was a clown one weekend and um, then, you know, she, she was quite good at it and so they asked her to do it more often and then that became a business for her. And so from there, she, you know, she was having fun having parties, you know, doing parties every weekend and the business actually grew with clowns. So she had multiple clowns working for her. Um, and that grew. And then what she noticed a gap in the market where back in the 80s, and you know, it's, a long, it's hard to remember what it was like back then, but back then you didn't have the kids' party venues you have today. People didn't have experiences to go to when they had a party, you know, go to rock climbing centers or, you know, painting centers or whatever it is. You, you basically had it at home in the 80s. There was no other way. So, um, you know, she was going out to parties clowning. She decided to start actually helping people cater for their parties. So she'd make the chocolate crackles and the fairy bread and, you know, all those fun classics um, yes. and, and do the cleaning up at the end. And then she realized that there was a gap in having a kids party venue. Um, so she decided to set up a venue. And uh, as you kind of told a bit about our story, we've been pioneers in a lot of different things. And she pioneered that as well. Um, but she was a little early was, was the problem. No one was really doing that. And, People, you know, people didn't really have, people, everyone had parties at home. So no one was really up for the idea of having it at a venue. 
And and so that um that struggled a little bit. And then a few years later, McDonald's opened up their kids' party venues, which um, was a real big problem for our business. Right. Um, so my mum pivoted as as do and um, opened up. The, the, she actually had a bit of retail in the in the, the, the venue, so she'd do balloons and stuff like that. And that was going quite well. So she pivoted and focused on that. And that's, I guess, where the, the business was really born from. Um, like you said, she was a, a woman in business, so she had two kids, my brother and I, who were, you know, two to four years old at the time. Um, you know, weekends were busy for the business. So my mum was the, was the, you know, was working hard while my dad was driving us around to soccer and all that sort of stuff um, as kids. So, yeah, it was definitely tough, I think, growing up. Well, I definitely, I guess, got a really good um, childhood seeing how tough my mum did it growing up with two kids and having to work so hard in a very demanding um, business. So I definitely sort of appreciate, I've got more of an appreciation now that I'm in charge. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and have you? And it definitely I, was great to grow up. And you have kids also now, is that correct, Dean? I do. I have two little ones myself, two under two. So I've put myself through the same pain that she had. I was going to say, how, how do you have, or do you have a different view on potentially maybe other males who have, didn't see their mom in those positions? Or do you have a different level of empathy for, you know, people who are in business and who are also managing and juggling two kids? Uh, yeah, I think, I think once you've had kids, it's, it's, it's more um, obvious how hard it is. I think, you know, I was like everyone else that, was, that didn't have kids. Be- before I had kids, I thought, oh, it's not so bad. It's not so hard. It's easy, no worries. <laughs> and then uh, you have one and you think, holy crap, this is full on. And then when you have two, it's just out of control. And, um, you know, you, you, you then have a, a, a better appreciation for uh, – and I, I certainly have much better appreciation now for – you know, working parents and, and even, even you know, people going out and, and starting their own businesses with kids because it is, it is challenging. I've certainly found it very challenging and I'm still learning myself how to juggle it and, you know, maintaining that work-life balance because, you know, like all parents, we love our kids and we want to be there for, for everything. But you also have a, a business which is very demanding and, and, and sometimes uh, you get crossing, um, you know, you, you get a conflicting um, priorities that, that, that butt heads and you have to make choices and that's where it gets really difficult as a parent because you, you want to be there for your child but you've also got um, a business which you, you've got to keep running so it is difficult and I've definitely got a better appreciation now for it. And it is you know like we're in the middle at the timing of this particular recording we're in the middle of school holidays here in Australia and I tell you what, we had a wedding to yes. go to, and then 30 of us at the wedding got this, like, vomiting bug. It wasn't food poisoning. It was this, like, lay dormant bug. And then, so I had, like, two kids puking, plus I puking, plus, you know, you've got the business to try to take care of, plus there was a public holiday, plus there was school holidays, and you're just, like, some days, you're just, like, okay, all I got to do is just survive here. I just have to go and eat Nutella from a jar, or yes. I just start chugging wine or do something, because, like, some days, it's a, like I said to my husband, I can laugh or cry. So you've got two choices. I'm just going to laugh because it's better to laugh than to cry. And, um, yeah, but sometimes it, the struggle is real sometimes. Yeah, you definitely have a different take on life, don't you? Like you said, you laugh or cry. I think now you, you're a little bit more relaxed. Now that I've got two kids, I'm a lot more relaxed about stuff. You know, it's always like, look, life could be worse. I think you keep, you start telling yourself that when, when you see something going not the right way and you're much more relaxed about stuff, I think, now. Well, I'm, I'm much more relaxed about stuff now that I've got two kids yeah and i know like even when i had like i just go you know there's kids there's people dying in the world 
right? You know, so it's like, let's just kind of try, let's just try and make it through the day. Let's just smile. You know, things could be worse, you know, but yeah. So, all right. So your mom starts this, you know, she starts off as a clown for someone else. She then starts her own business where she's got multiple clowns doing different parties. She starts to make the food for it also. She then thought she'd kind of do the party venue thing. She then had a pivot because McDonald's came through. And then what happened? When did the actual the party supply um, business side of that start to take off? Yeah, so she um, she had a little, a little, I guess, a little business. Once she pivoted at that point in time that was doing mostly decorating but also a little bit of party supplies and it really it, there wasn't probably really a point where it just um it, it changed into a party supplies business it just sort of evolved over the last 20 years um because that's what customers have been demanding um so the decorating's always been there and then just we got bigger and bigger on party supplies because people over the years just demand more and more choice there's more and more options people like to have unique parties you've got social media now which Anytime there's something new, people are onto it. Um, so, you know, I guess it's just evolved over the years that um, customers are demanding more unique parties. And as a business, we, we're reacting to that by increasing the range, increasing the size of our stores and growing, you know, with, with the consumers changing things. So it's evolved. And then I guess my parents, again, my mum was really, um, I guess you'd say, uh, entrepreneurial and innovative in, in deciding to launch an online business in 98. Um, which would put us as one of the early e-commerce businesses, um, but certainly as a party store, the first party store online. And, um, you know, very visionary of her to, to, to think that because that really set us up for being the leader at, at, at that point in time because we're the only one, but we just maintain that lead ever since because we continue to innovate. We've got a culture of, of being an early adopter and innovating and, and, and looking for change before it happens. And, that's um, certainly paid off for us over the years. So like you mentioned, we were, you know, we, we launched Click and Collect in 99. We, um, we were Google's first customer in Australia when they launched here for advertising. Um, Bing, we were also their first customer. We've had a, a string of digital firsts either in our industry or even just in retail generally. And um, they've certainly paid off um, because, you know, the world's changing. And by us being on top of that, it certainly helped us stay ahead of the competition because they certainly keep coming. And, they're catching up and we keep pushing ahead. And that's, I think that's been the key to where we are today. And I think you're right. I think that it's always key. You've always got to stay. You're always going to have people trying to do what you do. People always trying to compete. People always trying to copy you, you know, but you still, it's when you stop innovating and being creative that they'll, they'll overtake you. So if you do mean, as you've demonstrated, continue to take the lead in those platforms, then it's going to be very hard for your competitors to ever catch you because you've already mean been there longer, done it longer, have the relationships with people, etc. So tell me though yeah, about like... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I would say that the, the reason all that happens, just to sum it up, is, is our, 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 I guess, our mindset towards change. I mean, we go looking for change. We're passionate about change. We see change as our competitive advantage, not as a problem. And I think that's where a lot of businesses struggle is that they see every time Google has an update or something happens, they're like, oh, man, I've got to react to that. Um, rather than being pumped about it, seeing that, oh, this has changed, what a great opportunity to get get onto it before anyone else does, um, and I think that that mindset has been the difference for us over our competitors. And I think though that again, don't get me started about when I hear people whining and whinging, right? About say, for example, Facebook. 
and how Navy got to basically pay to play. And people are on these groups and forums, you know, I mean, whining and crying and complaining. Like, don't get me wrong, it sucks, right? But we're playing in their playground. So you've got two choices, either Mm -hmm. play on the playground or get off the playground. That's me, your only two options. If you you can choose to waste your time complaining about how you've got to pay, or like you said, take the positive route and go, okay, listen, this has changed, there's room for us, let's adapt early. Let's learn early and let's just rock and roll with it. And it's those people that just do, do you know what I mean? Take it on. Like they might have a win for a day and just go, this sucks. But it's those people that come up with different content strategy, different marketing strategy techniques, different whatever. They're the ones that continue to exceed, do you mean excel, 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 even though they're now having to pay to play, you know? So you've got choices to make. Yeah, 100%. Now, now, with your mom, have you always been involved in the business, or when did you and your brother come in, into the business, you and Peter? Yeah, that's that's a complicated. There's a complicated answer to that question, <laughs> so I'll go through it. But uh, we have we have always been involved ever since we were kids, old enough to hold a spoon and shovel sand into a bag, um, which they used as weights for balloon bouquets. Yeah, uh, which was around the age of four. Um, we've been involved in the business, so. You know, as we grew up and we got our license, we were doing deliveries for them. And that was through, you know, school and high school and then, um, you know, even into university. And even when I, I left university, I got a job at Woolworths as a business analyst. Um, I was still working in my, my parents' business on weekends to help them out. Um, so I have been always involved, but I, I didn't always um, and certainly didn't plan on it being a long-term career. Um, I wanted to find my own way in the world and uh, as much as I enjoyed the family business, I really just wanted to go in and do my own thing. Um, and my brother was exactly the same. He went and got a exercise physiology degree and um, he was working with physios and um, doing all sorts of exercise rehab and things like that. So we both went our separate ways from after university. And um, a couple, you know, a few, about five years into me working, at, you know, in the world and my mum my wanted to retire and it was actually my brother's idea. He said, you know, if they're going to sell it, why don't we take it over? Because this, this is, you know, there's a real good opportunity here. There's a gap in the market. And, you know, digitally, um, the business is going well, but it could be doing so much better. And, um, you know, it, it literally was a conversation one Friday afternoon that we had and said, yes, let's do it. Um, so we, we actually purchased the business off our parents um, so they could retire. And from there, I mean, we haven't looked back. We've been, you know, enjoying um, some pretty good growth, particularly online. And we, you know, we opened the second store since then. Uh, I mean, like to give you a perspective, we started that when we took over from our parents, we had two employees that we took over, and we now have about thirty to forty, depending on time of year. So the business has really grown quite significantly since we took it over, and we've learned. It's been a great ride. We've gone from running a small business that was a family-owned um, and operated operation where everything was done ad hoc, um, no systems in place at all, no no tech. Um, to now, you know, I mean, I'm talking to you, I'm sitting at home and I, I work from home most days of the week and the business runs itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've certainly seen a massive transition and um, I'm still learning and it's, it's you know, it's, it's just, it's a, been a fun ride. Attention, women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day Women in Business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. 
What to expect at this amazing three-day Women in Business Conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced, with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. So tell me, from when your mom had it, what would you say is the number one thing that your mom taught you and you still have in the business today? The number one thing. Look, I think, um, oh, look, it's, it's probably hard to put a finger on one thing. Definitely, I think the philosophy we're taking at the moment with our business is a, is a slight change in where we've been. Um, but it, it comes from where my mom started, which is that, you know, we're a retailer. However, I think over the years, we've probably lost a little bit track of what is our, what, what is the problem we solve for our customer? Back mm-hmm. in the 80s, my mum saw her job as helping people have parties. That's the only, that's the way she looked at it. It wasn't about whether she sold stuff or whether she helped them with services or whatever it was. Her job was to help them have a party. And I think over the years, we've evolved into a retailer because that's been, you know, pretty lucrative for us. But we're now starting to look at our business saying, how do we help people have parties more? You know, that's what my mum did back then. And, yes. you know, we no longer have the clowns on our books and all that sort of stuff. Well, how do we go back to that? How do we actually help people have parties more rather than how do we just sell more party products? And um, I think over the next few years, you'll see us evolve um, as a retailer, providing more of that um, angle of service to our customers than just purely selling products. Yes. Um, and that's what I'm working on quite a moment. Which is super exciting because you, not everyone can afford those, um, the party centers that you're talking about, you know, like, and I think again, that some families, well, I know some families like, oh, well, we just won't have a party. Right. But I'm like, I, I mean, we've done some parties out, but we've equally had many parties in my backyard where I'm going back to the old school, you know, pinatas, the old school pin the tail on the donkeys. Um, we had a Beyblades party here where we had like five Beyblades, you know, contraptions going and we had it set up as if it was like, you know, ESPN yeah. basketball, uh, like grids going on. And the kids absolutely loved it. So, again, the fact that you're going back to, I guess, the roots of what your mom talked about, and that was about how can you have a party at home or how can you collectively make that happen? I think, again, you're going to be touching on something because I think in a time where everything is over automated and over complicated to some degree, I think you going back to the roots of home will be a very um, going to be beneficial not only for your clients but equally for your family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone like everyone's idea of an amazing party is different too. You know, so what one person sees as a great party is and, and someone else is different, and I think that's where um, our business is evolving into. So you know, if you want to have a party at home, then we can help you with that. If you want to have it at a five star hotel and you know with all the whistles and bells, then um, we can help with that as well. And it's just about, you know, helping people with having parties that they want to have. Yep. And I guess creating, taking, would you also say taking the idea they have and turning it into the, in, into like the full blown like execution of it? Yeah, in reality, yeah. Yeah. So would you say similar to like what a wedding planner would do? It could be potentially like what a party planner would do. Yeah, I would say that's probably as 
close as you can get to finding something similar. Although the way we've been approaching it, I think there's many different angles to it and it's quite complicated, you know, because, I mean, you've got some people who just want you to point them in the right direction. Yeah. Other people, um, they want you to come out there and put every napkin on in, in the right place and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. So there's there's varying degrees of what customers want and, and what we're trying to figure out is how do we come up with, how can we be everything to everyone um, when it comes to parties? Yeah. And so that's the one thing that you take away from your mom and is still, do you know what I mean, in your business and I guess like you said, you're rejuvenating some of that. What's some of the things that you and Peter have changed since taking over the business? Yeah, I think the biggest one is... is which is really obvious, is the digital strategy. Um, so when my mum launched in 1998, 99, when we, you know, she, she decided to, to, to launch an online store, but really she just handed me uh, the keys and said, figure it out. And so I did most of the digital stuff through school and high school, and um, the internet was very simple back then, where it's much more complicated now. So I've been able to evolve. And when my brother and I took over, actually before we took over, where the business was, I wouldn't say having a problem, probably more missing an opportunity was that, you know, my parents were holding back a little bit on that digital growth. Um, but when we took over, um, you know, we said, forget the yellow pages. That's old school. We're yes. going hard on, on, on searching and stuff. And um, that big shift to digital really exploded the business. The, the, the sales grew. We were growing at 300% at one stage. And, you know, the sales were growing rapidly. Um, the, you know, and the business really just evolved from there because of the, the digital growth, you know, that we were focusing on. So we had to, you know, increase our space, get an extra store, all these uh, changes, getting better systems because, you know, a small problem when you're small is not a big deal. But when you're big and it's multiplied by a thousand, um, it really starts to hurt and cause problems. To be a problem. big problem. So, um, yeah. And when so you we, say... As we get bigger... Yeah, you know, when you say digital, I mean, digital can mean so many things to so many people. So what would you say are the top three things you've done from a digital point? Like, you know, are you looking at more content, more video creation? Have you talked, are you doing like increase in your budget for ad or Google AdWords? Did you increase your SEO? You know, what, what are the three main things that you think have helped accelerate your growth from a digital point of view? Um, look, all of the above, because I mean, like, like, like we said, you know, we obviously we launched in 98 when the internet actually, I found out the other day, we actually launched online the year um, Google was created. That's um, awesome. So, so Google wasn't even around when we started building a website. Um, so as, as the internet, as, as features started appearing on the internet, whether it was Google or, you know, product ads or um, affiliate programs or whatever it was, all the different um, mechanisms there were to grow online, as they sort of evolved, we, we did them and they, and they definitely had big impacts. Um, so we've done all of them. I mean, depending on what stage your business is at, will depend on which ones get you the biggest bang for buck. Um, certainly AdWords, you know, working with Google advertising was probably the biggest, um, I guess, shifter in the dial for us in terms of growth because once we took off the budgets on all our account and just said spend as much as we possibly can um the sales just started flowing and and really it was hard to keep up so i think you know there's a lot of different things today look i guess again it depends on where you're at with your business you know now there's a lot more um the, the changes are a lot more sophisticated and and 
um, expensive, if you like, or, or, or difficult, but and they also have smaller benefits. So, you know, I feel like today when we do changes, you know, we're getting these one to two percent gains. Where back um, ten years ago, when we were making changes, we we're getting three hundred percent type um, growth. You know, off off the back of those changes. So it's really um, the the world's really changing. I guess it just depends on where you're at. So I haven't given you a specific answer. Certainly for us, we're focusing now actually more on bricks and mortar. To to be honest. We're looking at um, how do we increase our store footprint because I think for us where we see the future um, of our business is to have a very strong digital offering, so a very strong website. And, um, you know, when I say web digital offering, it's everything from a website to the channels that you sell through, whether it's marketplaces or eBay or Google or whatever it is. Uh, Having a strong digital strategy, but then also backing that up with a bricks and mortar um, footprint because, you know, people having parties still do want to – I mean – I wrote an article the other day for the Australian Retail Association where I talked about how retail today is only about 8% of um, online retail is only 8%. So 92% of people still prefer to shop in stores at the moment or still spend their money in stores. Um, yes. and, and online retail is only growing at about 1% a year um, on those numbers. So, you know, in 20 years' time, um, bricks and mortar is still going to be where people spend most of their money. and. Mm-hmm. For us, you know, that's that's us looking at the market saying, look, bricks and mortar is a very key part of our business and we want to expand that footprint and have a very good integrated strategy with our website and the digital strategy so that, you know, customers can interact with us wherever they want and still have access to a store if they want to go in and see what they're buying. Yeah, they get the both of both, best of both worlds. Um, and like, you know, again, as a mom, it's always if it's a rainy day, I like to get out. If the birthday party is coming up, I like to go and touch, feel, do you know what I mean? Look at things. There's always something new. And again, the Internet is, is though it can be convenient, it's still not the same as, do you know what I mean? Also, just having that level of human connection, you know, talking with people, being part of the community. And when you're at a party store, for the most part, it's happy vibe. Like people are happy. Do you mean a birthday party is coming up, a celebration yeah. of a baby, it's um, a wedding, whatever that is, you know, that it's, um, it's, it's a fun vibe to be around. And there's always fun little gadgets that you can find and, and look at. So now I totally do mean love being able to go into a store and having that opportunity. What has been your guys' biggest failure? Biggest failure? We've had quite a few. I think the biggest one we had was... Um, I guess a success and a failure at the same time. Where we, um, when we first took over the business and we were growing at that at that rate, you know, of triple digit growth, um, we really weren't weren't we weren't prepared for it. I mean, we were running a small business that had no systems or processes. So when we were doing the volume we were doing, we only had two employees. So the only people that could do it were us. And so we found ourselves picking orders, you know, all the way through the night and not getting sleep for days on end and um, you know, it was really quite a horrible experience in one way because, I mean, we just, our health was being impacted. We weren't sleeping and um, we really just weren't ready for the growth. And we went through that that problem about for about three years, actually, um, over peak season. And, and every time we tried to fix it, but it just, the problem just kept getting bigger, I mean, because we were growing. So, you know, we planned, we'd say, look, you know, that was the first year we did it, we said that was a tough that was a tough period. We better get some systems and processes in place so we can start hiring people to do this this work. Um, and then, you know, we we tripled our business over that period. So when we, we we did as much planning as we could, but at the end of the day, it still wasn't enough because the business had grown so much. Um, so I think our biggest failure was just poor planning, um, and we didn't have the systems to cater for the volume we were doing. So um, we actually had one year where we actually switched the website off over the Christmas period 
uh, from about, I think, the 1st of November, something like that. We turned the website completely off, stopped taking orders um, because we were two weeks behind picking orders and um, it was just out of control. So, you know, that was that was terrible to be able to, you know, forgo hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of sales um, because we didn't plan well enough earlier in the year. So we learned our lesson the hard way. And, you know, now I would say, you know, compared to most businesses, we're very sophisticated around um, planning for seasonal events. I mean, we have, like I mentioned earlier, we have 30 events on a calendar, which each of them has about 20 to 30 steps to them that we um, go through through the year to make sure that we're ready when that time comes. So the time comes. Know, when we have Halloween, we're, we're organizing Halloween from January, you know? Yes, and you'd have to be because it's as we talked about prior to the recording, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, tell me a little bit about yep. your experience on Shark Tank. Obviously, you guys went in there. You guys, um, I can't remember. Help me out. Who was it that agreed to partner with you guys for four hundred thousand uh, dollars? Janine Ellis. Yeah, yep. she, Janine she Ellis. Yep. She's like, yep. She made an offer to you guys, and you guys turned it down. So walk me through what was the rationale? You know, obviously you went on there wanting to partner with someone, and at the end decided not to. And why was that? Yeah. So we went on there, and um, it was quite an interesting experience. I like. I, I, it was a great experience for me. I, different people have had different levels, uh, you know, different types of experiences. Some people it's been horrible for us. It was a, a great experience. Um, it was very stressful. I mean, at the time, I look back now and I laugh, but man, at the time, I was freaking out on there. And, um, you know, I got on air and, and that, you know, I guess um, they only show you two minutes, you know, but that was a two-hour conversation with those guys that was cut down to, I think I was probably five minutes or 10 minutes, I think they cut it down to. So, yeah, so, um, yeah they, you didn't see the whole story, but at the same time, I think they put a reasonable picture of what happened. Um, probably made me look a little better than really I was. So yeah, the, yeah. The, the final result, you know, they showed that um, almost like they made it like I shut Janine Alice down and, and walked off, but it certainly was a really good conversation with her and it wasn't so um, dramatic, if you like. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, we had a great conversation and, and, and actually, I mean, before Janine made me the offer, um, John McGrath and I had quite a long I guess say heated discussion, if you like to call it that. Yeah. Um, some of it they showed on air, most of it they didn't, um, where we, we discussed what our strategy was and he disagreed with me on what our strategy was, but Janine did and she basically came straight in after that conversation and said, no, I agree with you, I'll, I'll make you an offer. Don't worry about John. Um, and she did and, and you know, we negotiated a little bit there, but really she wanted 400000 for 40% of the business um, which for us was just too much of a percentage to give away. Um, from a business we feel is, is pretty good and worth a lot more than what she was valuing it. Um, yes. And, and to be honest, subsequent after that, after the show, we did get offers far greater, but again, we, we didn't, we didn't take them in the end. So, um, we still don't have investment and we're not looking for any at the moment. Um, things are going quite well. The business is growing without, without that money, you know, at the moment. So, um, you know, we're going really well. So it was a really great experience. I mean, great exposure. You know, obviously we're over a million people watched us on national TV um, and, and, you know, watched us because they wanted to. So great, you know, PR, if you like, um, for the business and really put us on the map with a lot of different, in a lot of different ways. And um, like I said, a great experience. And, um, you know, I guess I was just fortunate that they portrayed me in a way which I think was probably about right. 
Um, and like you said you you don't know going into it until you come out of it right so you went in there thinking this is what you guys wanted but then through that experience you're like actually no let's just sit on it i think we're okay which is fantastic so if i had to say to you then what are your big plans for 2019 what can the australian public get ready for well i can't say too much um because a a fair bit of it's confidential but yeah um, fair enough we are looking at just the 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 high level of it is we are looking at opening more stores um yep. and that's probably all i can say about it is that we are looking at opening up more stores and um and like i also mentioned to you looking at, at, at slightly tweaking our business model where we're looking at helping people have parties rather than just selling products mm-hmm. um it's probably the two main changes that or two big changes that, that people will notice we're doing a lot of other things i mean that we're testing and trolling we're working with um a couple of different tech companies on a few different things like using the sharing economy for delivery and um, I'm working with this cool, cool company at the moment that has a, an app where customers can walk into our store, scan the stuff themselves and then walk out um, and the transaction is done on their, on their smartphone, um, which is called Tilly. And, you know, that's, a, that's quite an exciting technology, which again, it's all about where's the, for us, it's all about where's the future, where's the, where's, you know, how's retail going to change and, that's a particular technology where I think, you know, I think that's going to come and, and, and the world's going to change and people are going to be walking into retailers and scanning product themselves and then yes. walking out um, as, as the future. And so that's something I'm pretty excited to see how that goes. Well, no, it sounds like some amazing plans. And what I love is that this story started 30 years ago with your mom, a woman in business with a brilliant idea, and it pivoted throughout the years, and it continues to pivot to some degree into something that is absolutely magnificent. And it's lovely to see that you and your brother are carrying on that tradition. So for those out there who are listening and going, great, and I need to rush to get some party supplies, where can everyone find you online and where are your two bricks and mortar stores? Yeah, so you can uh, jump online to thepartypeople.com.au. Um, so thepartypeople.com.au. Um, and that's that's our website. We've, we're on all the socials. Um, so just, I guess, look it up. Look up the party people. You should find us, the, the logo. Um, so I think on most of the socials, it's, it's the party people shop. And yeah. the party people shop, uh, we're on Insta, Facebook, Twitter. We're on about 20 others, but they're yeah. the main ones. Um, also on LinkedIn. So you can, people feel free to add me on LinkedIn. I just look up Dean Salakis. And um, yeah, happy to happy to answer any questions people have. Yep. And if there's one piece of advice you could give to the business owners out there listening, what would that be? One piece of advice. Oh, there's probably about a million you could you could give you people. Could. I mean, we've learned a lot over the years. But I think I think it, it comes back to and it's it's probably sounds very fundamental, but it's you know, it's all about for us, you know, us you know, for a retailer to be honest, to still be alive after thirty years is probably an achievement in itself. Um, and for us to still be here today, I guess the key for us has been um, you know, continually asking ourselves, you know, who is my customer? How do we solve the problems for them? And what are they doing? And how do they shop with us? You know, always reevaluating where your customer is and how they're how they're interacting with you. I think has been the key for us. So, you know, we we didn't just become the first company on Google or Bing by accident. It's because we went looking for those things. We tried to find ways about how our customers were searching for products, how they were looking for us. Um, we're looking at obviously changing our business model slightly around helping people have parties because again we're evaluating how do customers what do customers want from us you know the fact mm-hmm. that customers come into our stores and ask us can we help them find a clown or can we help them with a jumping castle 
is telling us that customers want something and, and, and we don't provide it. So, um, yeah, I think that the key thing for any business owner is to really understand your customer and, and continue to evaluate whether you understand them because they're changing all the time and you need to make sure that you change with them. No, brilliant advice. And I couldn't agree more. As a business consultant, I'm all about the business foundations and your customer is always forefront. And it doesn't mean that your customer will stay the same. Your customer can change over time. So it's always important to reevaluate, reevaluate and reevaluate. Dean, thank you so much for taking time out on Friday here in Australia for us to have a chat about, like I said, this beautiful story about, you know, your mom and how it's evolved with you and your brother, Peter. I really appreciate it. And for those uh, of you listening, I'll also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode of AngelaHenderson.com.au. And of course, I cover all sorts of related business and life topics inside my Facebook group, the Australian Business Collaborative. We're almost at 4,000 members, I think. So whether or not you're from Australia, America, Canada, etc., make sure you join because we always love to connect with the great and like-minded business owners. For the rest of you have an awesome day no matter where you are in the world and i look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of business and life conversations with angela henderson have an awesome day everyone bye thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with angela henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au